Today on the show, it's time for a little reflection about my life after sight loss. This is Life After Sight Loss Radio, Episode 61. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews. We talk life advice, encouragement, emotional support, relationships, technology, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Thank you guys for joining me this week. We're going to have a great time because it's it's time for a little reflection. I think all the time I spend giving tips and tricks and hints and suggestions and thoughts about your life after sight loss. You know, I talk about what are you going to do now? What are you going to be? And, and where? how are you going to face it? And all those sort of things. But I rarely talk about my own life and giving you a bit of reflection about my life and my journey of sight loss. So today I just wanted to talk about that and give you some reflection on what I've learned these nearly 17 years of being visually impaired. And so hopefully we can glean something from it as I ramble on and more of a, it's kind of like a vlog, only it's an audio. So is it is it an A-log and a log? I'm not, no, it's not a log. Anyway, forget it. <laughs> Who knows what it is? But that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we jump into everything, as always, you can find today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 061. That is going to give you links, information, ways to subscribe, ways to get connected and contact me. If you want to know anything else about what's going on with this episode or more, just go to the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 061. All right, guys. Well, today's episode is going to be a bit dangerous because I don't have a bunch of notes planned on what I'm going to say. I don't really have an outline. I don't have seven tips or ten tricks or anything like that. This is more of reflection on my part. And so today, I just wanted to give you some idea on what kind of my journey has been like over these nearly 17 years. Because if you've lost your sight in the last couple of months or couple of years, you might be wondering, what what is it like to really live as a VIP as opposed to just a adjustment totally. What's it like to live? So today I'm just going to give you some reflection, some thoughts, some stories, and hopefully from these things you can learn, wow, my life is going to be great even though I'm visually impaired now. And, you know, hopefully that's what this message is. Hopefully it doesn't come out and I'm like, oh, I'm so sad now. (laughs) Hopefully that's not what happens at the end of this. Hopefully it's a great time. So let's jump into some reflection about my life after sight loss. So if you don't know my story, here's the Cliff Notes version. I have something called Labor's Hereditary Optic Neuropathy, or LHON for short. It is something where the optic nerve is affected, it swells, it loses, I don't know, stuff. It's basically, neuropathy means death of a nerve, basically, and so I don't have any central vision, and my peripheral vision is blurry at best, and I lost it in about six to eight weeks when I was 18 years old. So that's kind of the Cliff Notes version. There's lots more to LHON, there's genetics and all that sort of thing, but just suffice it to say, I'm visually impaired and have been for nearly 17 years now. And when I lost my sight, I was preparing to go to college and all this stuff, and my life was on a fast track for whatever it was on a fast track for, and that all changed. 
And recently I was talking at a, um, a kind of a little event here locally, just sharing with some folks about my journey and how much the moments in my life had changed me, you know, and not necessarily changed me like I'm a totally different person, but affected my life in a very dramatic way. And so I was thinking about some of the things that I'd been through on my sight loss journey, because I talk about that a lot, you know, oh, you, you got a sight loss journey and you're on the journey and two months in, two years in, you know, whatever it is. And maybe you've been on this journey for 30 plus years, 40 plus years, who knows? You know, you've got a whole different story than I do. But I thought, you know, what is my story like? So I remember back when I first lost my sight and I was very like gung ho and positive about losing my sight. I wasn't like, yeah, I love losing my sight. But I was like, my life's not going to change. It's going to be great and everything's wonderful. And honestly, that was some denial that I was struggling with. And I've talked about that before. But it was this idea of like, I'm not going to let it beat me and I'm, I'm going to win the day. And then I went into, you know, college and and again, I went to college late because well, I lost my sight and had to struggle with that and deal with that. And when I went to college late, I missed out on all the first opportunities that my friends had been through, like the first time you go to the cafeteria, the first time you stay up past 10 o'clock because your parents aren't home. You know, it's like you're free and I uh, my friends had already done all that. So I went to college and then I ended up transferring college and I don't know, I started down this depression and it was so bad. Like I remember I didn't want to go to bed because I was afraid to get back out of the bed. You know, it was just so, bleh, I just did not like it at all. I know I'm very positive on the podcast and on the videos and such, and I try to stay positive, but I also try to be honest about what I face as a human being, you know, just whether it's sight loss related or any other such thing, because we have to be honest about the things we go through or else we're not going to face them with authenticity. That's a big word. So anyway, I remember going through that depression and it was just very, very hard to sort of come out of that. You know, I put on a good face because that's what you do, or at least that's what I thought you did. And so I somehow, you know, I struggle through it and walk through it. But over the years, that kind of stuff has come up again. You know, you have bad days or bad weeks or whatever, and you again try to put on the face. But, you know, it's it's important to be honest with the people that you're close with, you know, your friends or your spouse or, you know, whomever you have in your life. It's important to be honest about that. And now it's kind of just like, you know what, my eyes hurt or I have a headache or I'm sad or whatever it is. But back then, it was just kind of like, oh, no, I'm, I'll be sad in my room alone or whatever, but, you know, I can't let it go. So then as I travel through life, you know, I, I remember I got married very early. I got married when I was 20 years old. We don't really advise that. Uh, but I got married, and then just all the little things that I started missing out on. You know, not only the driving, because that's obviously the big one. You know, you don't you can't drive. But then I remember, like, opening Christmas presents and the challenge of, what is this? Can you tell me what it is? I don't know. I'm not... I'm not engaging with this like I used to. And the challenges of uh, not being able to share in some of the memories that people were having. And, you know, when my friends were having kids and I couldn't really engage with them like I wanted to. And then I had my own kids and I didn't feel like I was engaging with that like I wanted to. And again, all these things. And this isn't to be a downer. I don't want this podcast episode. I'm reflecting on the bad things. No, it's just reflection on sort of my journey. And, you know, you start to pick out those bad moments. Uh, I think a lot of people say, well, why don't you just remember the good things and forget the bad things? Well, the bad things and the good things are what help to shape us. I heard once that uh, watermelons and pumpkins, if you put like a box over them as they grow, they will grow and grow into the shape of the box. They'll mold themselves into that shape. And, they'll, you know, I think they initially did that because they, they were tired of watermelons rolling off of things. But they did that so they could stack them. And I thought, wow, that's really neat. And that's kind of what we do. You know, the bad things hit us, the good things hit us. And... You know, we we get molded, we shape into those kinds of things, into the people that we become. 
And it's not that we become bad people or good people, or it's not even that we become totally different people. We just become the people that our lives have shaped us to be. And sometimes that can be a negative thing that shapes us, and sometimes that can be a positive thing. You know, when I got married, it was very positive. I love my wife. She's fantastic and great and wonderful. But there was also that tinge of sight loss because I couldn't see her walking down the aisle. Now, we did the taboo thing, and I saw her before the ceremony because we felt like if seeing her before the ceremony was what our whole marriage hindered, you know, if that hindered it, we were stuck, you know? (laughs) didn't matter. So I saw her before the ceremony so I could have an idea of what she looked like. And the photographer gave us a couple of minutes. He was very kind and gracious and we took some pictures. And it actually worked out really nicely because we didn't have to take a bajillion pictures afterwards. So, you know, that's just my opinion, but you do whatever you want to do. So I, I think I remember back and that was one of those times that I remember kind of overcoming a challenge, like, oh, I'm not going to be able to see her walking down the aisle, so what do I do about that? Well, I see her before, so I know what she looks like coming down the aisle. I know what she looks like when everybody else gets to see her for the first time. I'm seeing it with them, quote unquote. So, you know, you you overcome those challenges, even, you know, little things like doing, uh, of course, I worked in entertainment and it's like, how am I going to be on the stage? Well, we need to make sure there's lots of contrast on the stage and, you know, I know the area really well and I'm, I work a little harder to memorize things, whatever the case is. I, I think that's what a lot of my sight loss journey has been is living my normal life, you know, getting married and have kids seems very normal and mundane, but living my normal life, but having this sight loss issue and then overcoming those kinds of moments with solutions. Like, how am I going to do this? So when we had children, like, how am I going to feed my kids? How am I going to change the diaper? How am I, you know, and obviously if you're listening to this and you've been visually impaired any length of time, you're like, well, there are ways to do that. And absolutely there are ways to do that. But when you live in a very small town and you only know yourself that's blind, you got to have to figure it out. And we figured it out and it worked well. I remember, you know, my wife worked nights and I stayed home with the kids and now I'm a stay-at-home dad and, you know, that sort of thing. So I've always been involved in that regard. And whether it was giving a bottle or feeding food or whatever it was, you just figured out the ways to do it that worked for you. And sometimes it was suggestions from other people. Sometimes it was like, no, I'm going to do this. That works better. It doesn't really matter as long as you're doing what it is that works best for you. That's really the key, whatever works best for you. It's kind of like Android versus iPhone. It doesn't really matter. Just use whatever works best for you. That's what you use. So it doesn't matter suggestions I have or anybody else, what works best for you. So my journey of sight loss, my life after sight loss, you know, has been this wonderful, amazing time. You know, obviously there have been bad moments in there and negative moments and things like that. Things have gone wrong. There's been tragedy. There's been heartbreak, all those things. But along with that has come this ability, I think, to solve, to problem solve, to cope, to understand, to focus on things. Because when you go through sight loss, there's this major problem in your life that stares you in the face every single morning, if you will, when you can't see your face. You're reminded, no, I am blind. Like, I am visually impaired. This is real. This is happening. Because sometimes when you first lose your sight, you wake up and you think it's a dream. Have you ever been there when you wake up and you're like, oh, it was, oh, I had a horrible dream. And then you look in the mirror, you're like, no, this was not a dream. You know, and you can't see your face. But I think it gives you this ability to, you know, problem solve because if you have to do something like change a diaper or feed your child you just have to figure it out there is no like well i just won't do that then you know i if if you can't drive you can't drive but you don't stop going places you know you just figure it out and you get rides or you take an uber or whatever you do now and you go and you do those things 
changing a diaper. You just figure it out. And I think that helps with life and problem solving. I'm not saying that blind people are better problem solvers. I'm just saying for me and my reflection, I've thought about how I've learned to problem solve because I've had to. I haven't had a choice but to problem solve. When I was in college and I had to figure out the best way to take my tests or do my homework or study or whatever, I just had to figure it out. There was no other way. There wasn't like, you just don't do this. No, I, I think that's probably the answer that a lot of people think. Oh, you just can't do that, can you? No, I can do that. I just have to do it a different way. And that way might be the first thing I try. It might be the fourth thing I try. And, you know, we've talked about that a couple of episodes ago when life is inaccessible. But whatever it is, you end up doing it. And you end up doing it to the best of your ability. And sometimes it's very super easy and sometimes it's not. And, and that's, and, you know, and maybe we're still figuring out new ways to do things and that's okay. So I think as I reflect over my life, when I think about you know, college and marriage and parenting, even being in full-time ministry and counseling and coaching and talking to people and creating these podcasts and these videos and all that stuff, I guess I just think about the reflection, or excuse me, I think I reflect on the way that I have adapted to the life of being a visually impaired person. It's not like I live a visually impaired life. I think that's the key. I don't live a life of a visually impaired person. I live my life. I just happen to be visually impaired because there is no life of a visually impaired person. And what I mean by that is if you're blind and I'm blind, we don't live the same life. Yeah, we have similar challenges because we're both visually impaired. Sure, I totally, I totally understand that. But you don't live my life and I don't live your life. We don't live a VIP life. We live a life that happens to be affected by visual impairment. And so I think when I think about all of these moments in my life, whether it was, you know, early on or just recently with new technology and and training and, and solutions and all that stuff, I'm just living my everyday life, and I'm doing the things I want to do. I'm accomplishing goals. I'm I'm setting out to, to live a great life. And again, your definition of a great life is different than mine and different than others, but because we're all visually impaired, we understand the challenges we face, and we work on solutions for those challenges. Um, somebody was talking recently, and we were talking about conflict and resolution. You know, there's a conflict, and then you resolve the conflict. And sometimes resolution doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it starts with one simple move, and you work through resolution. And so when you have a conflict, like you're not able to do something that's pretty inaccessible, resolution doesn't always come in the form of like, and here's the way to do it, and now it's perfectly accessible. It doesn't always work that way. You just have to resolve it to the best of your ability, and sometimes that resolution takes a while. So I know I've rambled for a while today on this podcast. I know I've just kind of talked and whatever, but my points here are that, first of all, problem solving is key to living a life with visual impairment. And again, I say that very specifically, not a visually impaired life, a life with visual impairment, problem solving. Uh, Secondly, I think it's important to remember that we do live lives, we just happen to be visually impaired. And I think it's also important to remember that we are more than our visual impairment. You know, when when I was giving this talk um, just recently, I was sharing how, you know, I am visually impaired and I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm all these things rolled into one. I'm Derek and Derek happens to be you know, fill in the blank. I'm not a visually impaired person only. Yes, I have visual impairment. That's just part of my story. That's just a chapter. Now, it affects all the other chapters. It's big enough in my life where it affects the other chapters to a certain degree, but it's not something where it's like, that's the only thing you read in my storybook now. You know, it's not the only chapter that I have left. So if you're listening to this and you have recently lost your sight, I want to encourage you that 
your story isn't over and your story isn't going to be about visual impairment forever. I think we've mentioned that before. It's not going to be VIP for the rest of your life. Yes, visual impairment will affect you the rest of your life and, you know, barring miracle or medical breakthrough. But just because it affects the rest of your life doesn't mean it determines or defines the rest of your life. I think we need to look at it in such a way that it's like, wow, I've had bad times because of sight loss, but I've also learned to problem solve a lot better. I've had some depression because of sight loss, but I've also learned that my life can be amazing in spite of what some people would call a setback. So I think it's not just about saying, look at all the positive things, and it's not just about saying, look at all the negative things. It's about saying, look at all the things, look at all the moments of your journey of sight loss and see how it has helped to shape you as a person. You know, all the negative, all the positive, all the things. How have you come out on this side of the journey, even though the journey is not over? It's never really over. You know, how are you coming out right now in this moment? And how have you been affected by all those things? And how can you work on keep on uh, to keep moving forward, if you will? How can you work on that in spite of being visually impaired? Now, I don't mean that you need to be like, well, I'll just do whatever I want. And I won't worry about being visually impaired. Sometimes you have to worry about it because it, it does come up. You don't walk into the middle of the street and be like, it's fine. Everything's going to be great. I just encourage you to be cautious in those moments. But you know, how can you live your life to the fullest? Because I think that's ultimately what we want to do. We want to live our lives to the fullest. So I hope that my rambling has made sense. I hope that my reflection on my life has made sense. There's so much more that I could share, but I just wanted to let you guys know that my reflection, my journey of sight loss has been ups and downs and twists and turns, but because it's not over yet, I can look at it and see where it's brought me and how my journey continues. And honestly, as I look back, visual impairment has taken somewhat of a back seat. Now, it's always in the car with me, as I mentioned, but it's not the first and foremost thing. It's not always easy to remember back to those times when I first lost my sight, but now I can look back and know that uh, I could tell that younger me, if you will, that things are going to be okay, and it's going to be rough, it's going to be hard, but things are going to be great, and you're going to live a fantastic life, at least up to this point anyway. So I hope that's been encouraging to you, and I hope that the rambling (laughs) made a little bit of sense, so hopefully you can glean something from that and apply it to your own life. Right, guys, I got a little tech tip for you here today. I wanted to tell you about the native Twitter app. If you've seen my video recently, I did one, I think I put it out on Monday of this week, so just a couple of days ago at the time of this uh, release. But Twitter, the native Twitter app, has now integrated something that I have wanted them to do for a long time. And as you're scrolling through the feed, You can now swipe up and down when you're using voiceover to get different options. So reply, retweet, like, those kinds of things. Used to, you had to double tap into the tweet. You had to swipe, 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 swipe to find the reply, to find the thing. Now you can swipe, like it, and move on. Now you can swipe and reply and move on. You can swipe and retweet and just move on. And it makes it so much easier to engage with Twitter. I haven't really loved Twitter for that reason, but now it's so much easier to engage with. So If you're on iOS, if you use an iPhone or an iPad, something like that, then go check out the native Twitter app, you know, the one that Twitter makes, not like, you know, other third-party Twitter apps. And I don't know how they're going to, you know, fare with this, but I really like the native Twitter app. It seems to be the most convenient for me. And now that they've added this swiping up and down feature, oh, it's so much 
better. So if you're not on Twitter, you know, don't worry about it that much. You don't have to get on Twitter, just try the app. But if you are on Twitter, make sure that you're using the native Twitter app and try out this swipe up and down feature on different tweets. You can use it in your notifications. You can use it in your, you know, home feed, that sort of thing. It's just a great, great feature. So kudos to Twitter for making this happen and making things more accessible for visually impaired people. So you have heard me ramble on about some reflections I've had about my life after sight loss. And now I want to hear from you. That's right. I want to hear what your journey has been like. Now, sometimes I ask very specific questions, you know, about technology or how you're using certain things. But this is kind of a broad, open-ended question. You know, like, what's your journey of sight loss been like so far? Whether it's two days, two months, two years, or whatever, what has your journey been like so far? What's something you've learned? What's something you've picked up on? What's something you've noticed? I'd love to hear about it. I mean... I get the chance to share with lots of people every week, but maybe you don't get that chance. And so share with me. Let me know. I'd love to share it on the podcast even. You know, if you want me to share it out and let other people know, let me know in the email or the tweet or whatever you send. I want to hear from you. So again, you can do that a few different ways. First of all, you can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. You can tweet me at the Derek Daniel, or you can leave a voicemail, and the number to do that is 317-721-1027. Again, that number, 317-721-1027. Leave that voicemail. I'll feature it on the podcast. We can talk about this stuff. Again, I'm trying to collect some stories and such to feature on the podcast so we can all know that we're not alone in this. I think that's a really important thing to remember. That's why I even shared my reflections is to let you guys know that I've gone through a lot of different things, good and bad, and while we go through it, it's important to remember that we're not going through it alone. So share your stories with me and let's do it together. So that brings me around to the last leg of the podcast. And here at the end, you know, I've been thinking about a lot of things, especially about my call to action. You know, a call to action at the end of the podcast, if you've listened to any, you know, they kind of say, hey, go visit my website and like me on Facebook and buy this product and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's that's the thing they want you to do at the end of the show. And when you have 75 call to actions or calls to action, there we go, uh, then it can feel like, I don't, what do I, what do I do? Well, here's the thing. I'm just going to simplify it for you. I encourage you that if you like like the show, if you have found it interesting, if you found it helpful, whatever it is, I encourage you just to go to the show notes. The show notes, again, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 061. There, you're going to find ways to subscribe to the podcast. There's buttons there for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, You can subscribe on Android there. Uh, There are links where you can go to my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There are links to contact me, uh, all kinds of stuff towards the bottom of the show notes. Any information I provide in today's episode, you know, videos or links or whatever, they're going to be in the show notes. And then from there, you can go to any other part of my website. So again, I'm just going to encourage you to go straight to the show notes, to check out the show notes. If it's not a huge amount of show notes, then again, all those links and information are going to be there. You can subscribe and get connected. I think that's the way to do it. So one more time, if you're interested, you want to check out more stuff, go to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 061. 
And guys, as always, I want to remind you that any information provided in today's podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I'll see you in the next one.